Hello, 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 and welcome back to the F-World and F1 Deep Dive podcast, analyzing the races, the news, and all the drama surrounding the F1 circus and post-races like today. You can also find us on demand anytime and anywhere on Spotify, and you can reach out and talk to us on Twitter at the F-World underscore pod and Instagram at the F-World dot pod. And of course, email. You can always email us and reach out and talk to us again more at the fworld.pod at gmail.com. I am your host, Aaron Midzane, the sports editor of the Cascade, the alternative press of the Fraser Valley. And as always, I'm joined by my two greatest and the best co-hosts I could ever ask for, Marianne Routier. Hello, hello. And of course, the F1 guru of the Fraser Valley and the guy with the craziest theories and antics and, and guesses possible for the F1 season, <laughs> Walter Foreman. Well, two things. Thank three things. Number one, thank you. Number two, did I just get a promotion? I think you called me co-host. Oh, you're I, at this I, point. You have to be. I appreciate <laughs> the sentiment, but I think officially, we'll. Uh, I'm a guest. That's how at least I think of myself. Yeah. And third, even a uh, broken clock is right twice a day. So with my wild picks, you know, <laughs> throw enough of them out there, just like a dandelion. Enough seeds go out, one will grow. <laughs> exactly right. And the thing, I feel like this point, like if not official co-host. Definitely, like, special guest star, you know, and like in those sitcoms and TVs where there's the recurring guest star. Unofficial co-host. Yeah, exactly. We we need an 80s jingle sitcom theme to play on the background there. Yeah, we definitely, that's that's definitely in the works. Let's do an 80s, we could do an 80s show, like we talk should. about F1 in the 80s, the cars, the drivers, we the totally sponsors. Should. Yes. We can do, like, try to make yes. some sort of 80-esque jingle. Yes. There oh, we go. Different, different ones. Can, Different I, jingles for different episodes. Can I add producer to my title now too? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's okay. Let's just begin. So just as just after Jeddah, um, I think we can all agree if we're going to let's talk about uh, race highlights. Jeddah was a little more exciting than Bahrain. Oh, definitely. Um, not just not just because the track itself looks so gorgeous. I think it's so under. I think that track is an underappreciated track uh, for the for the team. It's a very fast, very like narrow circuit. Um, of course, that means that Sergio Perez, uh, this is exactly his type of street street circuit. He just looked like he was on steroids yesterday and completely, he wasn't, I'm not, I'm not suggesting anything. He just looked incredibly strong. Careful with the allegations there. I would, I would never accuse Red Bull of cheating on steroids. On, there's on, other I, ways, there's other <laughs> ways, but like, not by steroids. I like how you but, left that open, yeah. you yes, know, yes. not cheating on steroids. Yes, that's, that's the only performance enhancing drugs. Verbal will not touch those. I mean, they are a performance well, sports they, drink, are they, they not? Uh, hopefully, they're drinking their own drink, right? They're drinking <laughs> their own Kool Aid. Yeah, maybe you see them always with the red with the Red Bull stuff. There could be um, water in that can. Yeah. Well, I think I think at some point when you see they have the, the they have those big massive like triple size cans. Yeah, those with are the straw that curls ha- out yeah, of it. Yeah. If it was that much Red Bull, that, that would be that's a heart attack waiting to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it'd be hilarious. Maybe that's why Max is just going so fast is that he's buzzing and he can't stop. Maybe that's what they put in the engines too. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's just Red Bull fuel. That's that's the re <laughs> that's the reusable fuel they've been the FIA's been looking for yeah, for the, the last m- few years is just Red Bull. Oh yeah, the marketing campaign's all over that now that oh they're like gosh. untouchable. Well, speaking of Red Bull marketing campaigns, have you been getting the Red Bull ads on like social medias where Absolutely it's all, not. all hockey in all Vancouver and Absur Canucks? team team logos because they're putting a uh at least for northwest northwest north america but they're putting a uh factory to make all the energy drinks in chilliwack i did know that i saw that that was announced uh, a while ago i knew that yeah 
Uh, I haven't seen the ads or things popping up for it, but yeah, definitely they're they're going to be building a. a Do workers at the factory get free tickets to the Formula One? Definitely not. That's too. Are they not linked? Yeah, maybe. No, it's Red Bull Energy Drinks. If if Red Bull Racing was in Chilliwack, I would, I would be there like every day trying to get stuff. But there's not. Like I'll sweep your floors for a ticket. Yeah. Um. I, I was a custodian before I did radio, and I don't really want to downgrade myself back to custodial <laughs> again. Even though I shouldn't say that. Custodial is a respectable and hardworking job, and I love every single one of my old coworkers. Good I, save. I respect them so much. They're some of the greatest people ever. Also, some of the weirdest, but I love every single one of them. The weirdest, um, I can concur yeah. with. Back to the races. Uh, races sorry. Um, let's, let's start with our favorite moments in honorable mentions. I'll start off right off the bat. Uh, and do a special honorable mention to Yuki Sonoda, who had a little moment to to battle for some points and then lost it in the last little bit of time. And it was nice to see Yuki uh, in a in a position like that and really giving it and really showing like how much of a driver he can be. But he lost out in the point. He didn't secure it. He had a good chance to, and he, he was losing a lot of pace to to K Megs. And K Megs's experience really showed up in the end there, and, and got a really great move on double lockups too. I thought that yeah. was a really fun one. Uh, they dub- both double locked up into turn one, and then Kevin uh, was able to na- make the move into the corner. Um, so that's mine. Uh, that's my honorable mention. And well, let's get to you guys's first before I get into my favorite highlight. Walter. My honorable mention was the cool-down room, I suppose. Ooh. And that itself could be a highlight, but I think it, it's related to uh, a bigger highlight even. And we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about later. But uh, in the cool-down room, we had Sergio Perez asking to Verstappen, did you get the fastest lap? And Verstappen saying, yes, I did on the last lap, trying to say it rather nonchalantly, just of course I would. and Or at least that's how you know I interpreted it. And then... The real key here was uh, Perez's follow-up question asking Verstappen, weren't you asked to keep the pace? So, of course, the team is telling the drivers, you know, hold this pace. And I think Verstappen said yes. It was a 130 point something. 132.6 okay. was his last pace. That was a, bit, that was a weird the, radio conversation we'll dive into. Yeah. Right? But and, and then he said, and, it, and then I asked about the fastest lap, and it turned out that it was only a tenth faster, and then he didn't finish the sentence. So uh, for me, that was worth looking into, talking about. Uh, you know, there's video clips online, of course. And it just, it was interesting because at the same time, I wonder why Perez himself just didn't go for it. Because Verstappen obviously did. He was sort of asked not to, but ultimately he did. So then why didn't Perez just do that as well? I think it was a. I don't know. We'll, we'll definitely have to dive into that because I think that really came comes down to that was a team strategy call. Call because there was the radio chatter between where Perez asking what the pace was thirty thirty two point six and he was told to do thirty three right and he was saying well why would he tell me to go thirty two why would you tell me to go sl- to keep the pace slower to my teammate who's beating me in yeah pace? so that I think that that's a huge question of where Red Bull is championship wise and. The potential Red Bull fight we're going to, the, the Alpha Bull fight we're going, we may look we may get. I, I remember that, and and I remember even the commentators saying that it wasn't exactly clear because they said target plus four, and yeah. so is that does that mean go four target plus point four? So is that four tenths quicker or four tenths slower? And that wasn't really clear in the message, although I'm sure it was clear to to um, Perez and his engineer because they know you know they the know perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But even the commentators said. 
Well, actually, that could go either way. That could be telling him to speed up, or that could be telling him to slow down. Well, it sounds like he it wasn't clear between the the, the engineers and Paris, and that's why Paris was really questioning. Well, it I, yeah, I didn't know if it, it was not clear or if he just didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it felt more like a, I don't. Want, it felt more like a, what is Max doing? Are you asking him to do the same? And if you're not asking him to do the same, yeah. why are you asking me? Right. Yeah. Which the answer is very clear because Max is their champion. Yeah. And, and Max is probably going, if they told Max, slow down, let Perez get the fastest lap, let Perez get the Grand Slam weekend that he rightfully earned and has perfor- and performed well enough to have and have that on his not- notch on his belt, which I'm not 100% sure he has had a Grand Slam in F1 yet. So, but I'd, I'd have to double, I'd have to like triple check that stat. Perez? But, yeah, I don't think he's had a full Grand Slam. I don't think so. Fastest lap win in pole, I, I would be surprised. Yeah. So and he rightfully earned it this uh, last yesterday. So for for Sappen and them probably covering Paris from saying, yeah, we'll tell Max to do that, and Max not doing it. And so is it a is it a team strategy thing or is this a saving Max's face again, even after Max had such a great race? Yeah, it, it's it's something that I think that a lot of people are talking about. Ultimately, we'll never know. All we'll know is what we hear from the respective PR teams. Um, but from an outside perspective, I just feel that it was sort of a team order not to go for the fastest lap That's for Max, right. yeah. and then he kind of didn't obey that team order. But, you know, there are levels of team orders. There's like, don't pass your teammate or let your teammate through, and then there's just like, you know, don't go for the fastest lap, and that's arguably uh, a less severe sort of team order. But at the end of the day, if that's what your team tells you to do and you're not following it, should there be repercussions? I'm sure we're going to see and hear a lot more of this story develop. Yeah. Mary Ange, your honorable mention. My honorable mention isn't from the race. It's from qualifications. That doesn't count. No, okay. no it does because does. I wasn't here does. for the post-qualification uh, Talk, um, yeah. podcast, talk, stream, episode, which yeah. ever the title is. And that's that's Logan Sargent. Oh. Just in a... Just, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for, you know, he, he, he had such a good lap and then just that one tire on T27 and it was like, "Mm." yeah, the final turn. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed that. Like the majority of the view for that lap was from his point of view, you know, and it just, it felt like such a fast lap for him Mm -hmm. and for that to just be taken away because... I don't know if he didn't read the rule book or if he forgot that that point in it, you know, but it's yeah, for me for me that's my honorable mention because yeah, that, I feel that's bad. a good one. We we did talk about it on the day because it, it was certainly, you know, newsworthy and unfortunate for me as a Williams fan or any Logan Sargent fans or or really just for, you know, racing fans because without that time, um yeah, I never did find out, but if that time would have been good enough to get him into Q2, it would have changed the whole complexion of everything. So oh yeah, it was, it was really unfortunate. I, You're right. I would say I would say that if he was in Q, if he was in Q two, he probably would have gotten into the points by the end of the race. Yeah, race. He, I think I think he had he had better he had a longer and more consistent pace than Hulkenberg. I don't know what I think. There's just talks about DRS trains that that they're still around, and I think that really. I mean, Hulkenberg had DRS, which means that um, uh, Sergeant had DRS, and he couldn't get him past because right. they all had that that same. That same problem. But I think that if he was in Q2, he probably would have qualified to a point to be getting at least P10 in his first. Uh, yeah, the, the car is showing pace, but they're just not able to put it all together yet. You know, a few mistakes here and there, um, that being one of them, of course. And yeah. so 
there's still some potential there, and um, hopefully we'll we'll see them extract that potential. Yeah. Well, we'll get into my highlight, which was, to everyone else, it was the battle for 14th place. But for us here at the F World and all of our listeners, we know that to be the rookie battle. We got to see our first ever, ever battle of the rookies. We did. Uh, we saw, you know, it was Logan Sargent against DeVries, against technically Norris, against Diastri, <laughs> but... Yeah. Norris has a rookie-level car right now, so I guess we can count him, count him <laughs> there. But um, we, f- we finally got to see a little bit of pace out of, out of the rookies, which we saw DeVries, uh, or DeVries, or DeVries, however you want to call him, take the, the the win, I guess, in that race. Yeah. Um, Logan Sargent kind of backed off a bit. I wonder how much of that is Logan's just exhausted after, after that race and after all these things, or... You know, but this was also at the point where Albin was DNFing because he had brake problems. Yeah. Was that a team order that we didn't hear of uh, Vols and the, the, the team saying, just to b- back off. Protect the car a yeah. little? Maybe. Yeah. Back off. Do I not th- do not run those brakes. Hot. And I think Sargent had the medium tires on at the end, did yeah. he not? So the tires might have fallen off the cliff, as they say, right? Yeah. So I, I think that was part of it, too. Uh, that's what was sort of he was up, I think, into 12th at some point. And, and I was I was literally cheering out loud and watching the race saying, go get him. Lord, Logan, yeah, go get him. <laughs> and, you know, he didn't. And not only did he not keep that 12th, like I was really hoping he could get up to 11th, maybe even 10th. But, you know, and he fell back ultimately, as you said, to 16th because he did lose out in that uh, battle of the rookies in this race. But I do think overall in the World Driver Championship standings, I think he's leading. Uh, I mean, they all have zero points, of course, but um, <laughs> I, I think they still give you some credit for, you know, how many laps you've done and where you were placed in those laps. Um, I and think I think he's in, yeah, he's in 16th. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just double checking myself. He yeah, is, we yep, have 16th. Logan Sargent 16th, DeVries 18th, 18th, and Piastri 19th. 19th, yeah. And okay. Norris, poor Norris. Although DeVries did finish 14th in in the race in Saudi Arabia. So I don't really know how that's calculated with zero points. And I, I got to thinking like for our rookie pool, should we have had something in there, a clause saying that, you know, they have to score points in order to be considered the winning rookie, because if they all end the season with zero points, which I would really be surprised if that happens, but nevertheless, you know, if it did, then of course, one of them would be ranked higher in the championship tables because of laps and, yeah. best qualifying and they have a number of variables but you know we should have had a stipulation that they got to score points to be really considered a winner yes i i agree with that i think if the, if none of the rookies score points this season then we will go based all bets off are of, off yeah all yeah. bets are off i disagree i, I think that we i think there'll be a discussion I disagree. oh you disagree i do oh. and not just because i'm a contrarian but because i'm a contrarian and, yeah. and so what like what's your <laughs> rationale then yeah. what's your rationale but, the rationale is Sell we can we can still okay we can still have standings, right? Yeah. And what if they all get one point? What if they well, all get no points, right? Mm-hmm. At, at what point? So for me, it was just understood that it was just going off the driver standings no, at the end of the season. That's fair, and I and I think it's a it's a kind of a non-issue. I'm sure one yeah. of them is going to get a point at some point. Who who do I you think, think Sergeant? <laughs> Sergeant, I think Sergeant's going to be the first yeah, one. Um, yeah, I, I hope so. I think he has the yeah. I think he has the best shot for the first one, but. I don't know. I mean, DeVries scored right off the bat. I mean, it's going to be him or DeVries. I, I think Piastri is um, unfortunately in a car that's not going to make it to a point. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, he, I don't think it's Piastri's fault. Yeah. He looked, he looked really, really racy when he was battling for best of the worst. Racy? You know, 
race you know what i mean race he, he had a he had a good he had a good race pace against his teammate he did that was only his teammate but <laughs> but it was team orders that got him past his teammate yeah true but Which he was on pace to like pass even way even that to me is a bit of a story because why really does the team care <laughs> right <laughs> like okay so they they ask lando not directly but they just said you know don't make it so hard on oscar yeah. And to me, that was like, wow, like they're really the comp was and, 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 and Lando didn't object. He's like, OK, I, I don't think if he responded, but he let Piastri through. So I, I think there's a pride aspect for last and having your rookie be last is not good for morale. But but they but having your number they, one driver be last is better. But neither of them are last. Botas was last. Bo- so Botas yeah. was last. But at this at this point, it doesn't really matter. For McLaren, you know, no, it, so it, it would for me, it makes sense to kind of like if there's no points to be had, if there's no prestige to be had. Right. Save save the rookies morale, uh, because that's the one that's take. well, it's it's team spirit. Right. If you're well, if you've fair, got a strong player fair. and the player knows that he's a strong player, he shouldn't have a problem just backing off a little bit mm. to let the younger one kind of have that boost of morale interesting right and so very humanistic approach it's a very humanistic approach not necessarily an f1 approach no no um, but so I'm, I'm still surprised they asked and i'm i'm more surprised that Norris stepped aside for piastri so we'll see what happens maybe maybe it's a, like a mor- i'm speaking of morale a confidence thing for piastri he had a really terrible bahrain had a eh that's what qualifying. i mean Give him, give him something. Let him like really battle out with people, with his peers, people who are quite literally the same grid experience as he is in F one. Uh, well, to a, to a degree, relative uh, relative degree. So yeah. maybe he um, got he got no experience really in Bahrain. No, right? for sure, absolutely none. So at this point, I don't think McLaren's thinking, "Ooh, we're gonna win." I think at this point, they're like, "How can we train our drivers better?" Yeah. Norris has a lot of training, and Piastri just missed out on an important session back in Bahrain. So for them, this this was a good opportunity to just be like, Norris, we're not going to win this. Back off. Let Piastri get his training in. Knowing what I know of Zach Brown, there was probably more sponsorship money in it if Piastri was ahead of uh, Norris. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, I wouldn't put it past. Well, that that's really kind of a question. Is, is this uh, a, a Zach Brown grabbed the hottest youngest talent he could at the time kind of expecting the whole um kind of like what happened with Verstappen when he came in comes in just lights up the scene and automatically you put him in starts starts grabbing points starts doing well and that's his kind of because because Norris was kind of that same character in a way that he comes like instead of going older or or a couple of years experience he went very young and Norris performed Norris looked quick he was a lot of fun to watch in 2019 um, for for what he was, 2020 was starting to get there. Norris is let's let's not say that Norris isn't good. Norris, even when he had a crap car last year, was still putting in number seven and still putting in and grabbing points to no, keep no, McLaren for sure. Right, for sure. So is this just, is this a Zach Brown, a classic Zach Brown maneuver of I have to get get this this new talent to show that he is good. Let him battle. Let him do a battle to get him going, and maybe that unlocks something that we see going into Melbourne. Yeah, it's setting the stage definitely, definitely. for for something to watch. You know, in the in the subsequent races, uh, it was 
all I can say is that I was really shocked when I heard that call and more shocked when it actually came to fruition. So I'm going to be certainly paying attention to it in, in the future. Crazy theory. Could they have <laughs> just been trying to follow suit with the bigger, the, the bigger teams? Meaning? In the sense that, like, for this race, it seems that all the second drivers got ahead. Right. Well, like, yeah. like we have we have I'm, I'm, Russell ahead of Hamilton. We have Perez ahead of Verstappen. We have Sands ahead of Leclerc. You know, is it is it possible that McLaren's like we're going to do like them and just like follow the pattern here? I would be surprised if they were looking that closely, you know, during the race. But it certainly it fits. The theory fits when we look at the results. And I, I guess I need to give a little bit of credit to McLaren and to Piastri because he did actually finish ahead of Sargent. So had he been stuck behind Lando, that may not have happened. And so, of course, no points in it, as we've talked about. But he did actually, I don't know if he made up a place or, or um, Logan Sargent just sort of lost that place because he was having yeah. some struggles, it looked like, towards the end. But I guess the reason for it happening is inconsequential. It happened. He did get ahead. So I'm going to say, uh, as surprised as I was, I guess it was the right call. Yeah, okay. You I don't, don't, I don't know. I, you I don't see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah, like, it, it was. it's the right call for the, spectac the spectacle that you want. I think that if you're going to be making this call as your car starts to develop, I don't think it's the right call. I think you give it to your number one guy and, and hope for no, the I, best. I, I um, don't disagree. There's a but, lot to that. But, but at the same time... But like, Orlando did it, so he must have agreed or felt it was a good call. Like, if he was... You know, we, we see or we hear drivers sort of standing up a bit more, like uh, George stood up against the team when they yeah. sort of asked him to let Lewis through, although they didn't say let Lewis through, but... You know, he's like, well, what about the penalty and this? And of course, that, that was a weird. It turns out there, the penalty had been served and he hadn't realized that. And then yeah. as soon as he heard that, he was off and it, yeah. the gap extended. So he obviously was showing that he was quicker than Lewis overall. He had pace in hand. But at that time, you know, Lewis was sort of catching and the team was sort of suggesting. And, and, and George Russell just came back and said, well, basically, no. And he was right. Well, yeah. so and he was still trying though near near the last lap to stay within that that five second window. Oh, he was right? definitely. Yeah, he was definitely. like just like, in case they don't count yeah, it yeah. with the two, safety car. Two tenths off. Yeah. I think, yeah. From it. Well, and and, 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 and Alonso ended half. up pushing more towards the end to keep that as well, which yeah. turned out to be a moot point because it was ten seconds. So you think the yeah. teams and then, then of they course argued. the penalty came and went and uh, and then and they came again and it went again and I'll give Aston Martin. I'll give Aston to Martin a lot of credit for finding more than like three instances they found like seven seven that's what seven I too, yeah. instances where they both counted and didn't count it yeah so so technically 14 yeah where they like they were wishy-washy on the actual ruling of uh that rule which we can discuss further uh after we get through your guys's okay. highlights because we've yep. still only talked about this rookie battle oh yeah right which is which well, is fun we're, we're vested in Wait, it i so. thought we already did the highlights we did well, the, honorable the honorable mentions, mentions. but if you have uh, like a specific highlight that you love like you, what was the standout moment of the actual race oh, not okay. just the race weekend yeah yeah which i guess i got it my highlight was the rookie battle i'm going to take a guess here on walters and that's going to be alonzo leading the race for two laps Actually, no, oh, because oh. You, you and I talked about this Damn in the Quali show. We sort of expected that because we yeah. said he's a he's a ferocious starter and Perez is not. And that's yeah. exactly what we saw. 
Although Pe- not the, the the gap wasn't like huge, but Alonso had a better start and Perez well, had a worse. Well, start. that was interesting because Al- Perez was actually quicker on the draw and had uh and don't and almost would have had faster meters per second like mm. gap. But the reason why he didn't was because he 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 had a faster pedal reaction time. Okay, he was like point two seconds. Yeah, point something yeah. like a tenth, two tenths faster. Yeah, but he moved. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, he moved to cover Alonso off. Right. Which I think that's where the theory of you know Marion's before recording we had a little a little, little tough about this because you said that the misalignment uh, of the Alonso? misalignment yeah. wouldn't have caught wouldn't affect anything and in, I think in ninety nine percent of times it would but mm. because Alonso was just that slightly misaligned he had that slight bit of clean air yeah. that, and didn't have as much. Uh, maneuvering to move past of Perez's block, so when Perez moved to block him, it wasn't as an effective block. slowed his slowed his straight line speed down just that fraction of a second to too slow it, for Alonso to make the moves. But it's not it it's not outside the realm of possibility. Um, the stat I was looking at for for justifying Alonso having a better start over um, over uh, Perez was that the zero to two hundred kilometers an hour time. So there, of course, many metrics. There's actual reaction time from when they the lights go green to when they engage the clutch or disengage the clutch, disengage, I suppose. Uh, and then there's the you know, various other metrics. But I was looking at the zero to two hundred time, which was quicker for Alonso. Yes. And that sort of factors in all of them. So yeah. at the end of the day, he did have a better start. He did get ahead of Perez, as you and I sort of predicted. Uh, but that wasn't my highlight. My highlight was on lap. I guess 49 or 50, whenever he made the call. And I was literally laughing out loud like a madman alone in my house watching the race. I love this visual. When When Verstappen did the, called into the team and said, what's the fastest lap? And the team said, we're not concerned about that, Max. And Max said, yeah, but I am. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a, yeah, just a real, you know, OG sort of reply and of course he was and he ended up getting that fastest lap but just just that interaction for me that was the highlight that actual um that radio, radio. Yeah, yeah yeah I mean Max did say post race I'm not here to be second mm. I'm here to win yeah so. well and every yeah. driver would say the same really yeah but I I feel like you'd have to be you'd have to have a weird approach to the sport if you're like yeah I'm 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 good with second actually. I don't I don't want any higher than that. Right. You know what? Third place. That's my sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can make a career off of being third best. I'm sure you could. Oh, definitely, definitely good. But I think it goes against the like well, spirit of competition. There were a number of drivers at Ferrari who made a good career out of being number two. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly right. In the Schumacher years. Yeah. 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 All right, Marion. Your your final favorite moment of the race. It's for Stappen taking over Russell. Okay. It's just it's just all of his other takeovers, right? For me, were kind of mid. They they were just like, okay, here's a fast car passing yeah, yeah, a slower car. Yeah. But there was something about the way the camera lined up on that straight, right? To just show Ru- Russell's nose, and then he saw Verstappen just scoop by beside him, and then just book it. Mm. And it was just like, just the 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 sight of it the cinematography of it and everything it it just gave me a whoo kind of that's a you good know? call because i i remember and i i remember when the overtake overtake happened even the commentators seemed a bit surprised by it so it wasn't yeah. as you said it wasn't a typical one it wasn't maybe in a typical place most of his other overtakes had been i think on the outside down the straight 
But this was on the inside. Well, kind and of they into were, a corner. They were was, cruising yeah, was, too, like right? Like yeah. the other ones didn't feel like a takeover. It felt like just a fast car. Yeah, like exactly. When you're on the highway and there's someone on the lane beside yeah. you just going a little bit yeah. faster. Yeah. Whereas with Russell, it was like, no, I'm no, right behind you. I'm coming to the side and then I'm going to kick it into gear. And it's like, yeah. how fast can this car go? Like we're, the acceleration for that takeover was just... We're, we're not having a contest per se, but if it were a contest, I'd say you win. That's that's a good one. That's it was the best of the three for my Also, I, I'm I'm not sure, but I think he didn't use his DRS for that. No, either. he did. I think I, he did. I don't recall. And is I remember it, he didn't... Is it, was it the same lap? He kind of backed out of one. He, he made he, an attempt yeah. and then he backed out he, of it and then backed, ultimately overtook. He backed out to get DRS. Yeah, I mean, oh, was that it? Okay. Yeah. He like Can you use DRS on a straight though? Because that yeah. was oh, on yeah. a long he was, he was in, he was yeah. in a long He was in a DRS zone. Okay. So and like and, and yeah, so he backed out. He backed out enough so he could he could. Either way, it was it, just so. just a beautiful it, shot. Yeah, no, just, it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess that like that's a perfect segue into the first kind of major topic, which is, um, are we going to get a potential Red Bull fight? We really have. There's no other competition for championship right now, mm-hmm. but that could change with a Red Bull fight. Perez is looking a little bit feisty. Perez yep. is Perez coming out of this a little disrespected after after this thing. He does it doesn't sound like he does, doesn't sound like he's too overly thrilled with some of the team mm. uh, dynamics going mm-hmm. on right now. It does that mean he's going to be a little bit feisty? And he knows that Max is clearly showing. I'm here to be number one and competitive. I'm going to do this. And even one of his quotes he said today was um, something like, "Yeah, it's clearly if we're number one." then it's letting us race and see which one of us is going to be the better one. I'm not here to be second. That was his quote post Yeah, race. sure. No, so of course. Do we get a racy fight? Does that mean that we might get a little bit of uh, Alonzo and Lewis action where they battle each other so much out that Alonzo comes in to take takes the championship? Just by consistently Maybe. being, you want to talk about being a good third place? If Alonzo just continues to be <laughs> third place, sure. Sure. three DNFs, three or four DNFs, uh, from Max or or, or uh, Sergio Perez apiece. Let's say that you take. Let's say the team gets five DNFs. Alonso squeaks in with championship points by just consistently being P three. Yeah. Oh, what a twenty twenty three season that would be. Well, you yeah. know, in our sort of season preview, I think we all alluded to it that that Verstappen and the the Red Bull battle. You know that uh, Perez was taking it to Verstappen more, or could take it to him more this year. He looked to be closer in times in testing. Um, we're seeing that now in the race uh, in terms of the, each of their fastest laps, which ultimately was the fastest of the race for Verstappen. But the fastest lap that Perez himself did was less than two tenths off of uh, Verstappen's fastest lap of the race. So, you know, they have an equal car in theory. We hope that's true. Um, and they're both very good drivers. Arguably, I think anyone would say Verstappen is the better driver. But we are seeing Perez standing up to him a bit more. And also the next race in Melbourne, Albert Park street track, mm. you know, so we have, we have like four street track. We have like four more street tracks before we get a track track. Right. And back to back here. So some momentum for Perez. Um, I certainly would have wouldn't bet against him to win in, in Australia. I kind of hope that there's a Red Bull fight. But I truly believe that Verstappen is just a better driver. Yeah, I agreed. I I, I think that the only way that there's going to be a fight is if he doesn't get lead. Because as soon as he's ahead, 
It's like it's like when you play Mario Kart with that one friend of yours that as soon as they get first place, they're lapping everyone right. within within five laps. And Verstappen is very much that driver where it's like he knows exactly where that race line is. You put him in first place, no one to overtake, no one in front of him, and he's just perfection. Yeah, he's I at the top of his game right now. He's completely at the top of his game. I think the only way we're going to see a fight is if his drivetrain keeps, you know, crashing on him and qualifying. Right. But outside imagine? of that, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, but the other thing, too, Someone's is like just taking down the nuts, you know, how much will <laughs> the team let him fight? I mean, on track is one thing, but just just overall. And, and again, I think. Maybe this was one of my takes from our early shows, but we got Danny Rick waiting in the ring wings. So if, if Verstappen or pardon me, if Perez tries to, you know, get his elbows out and, and, and tries to really stand up to Max and maybe not be the supportive second driver, then is Red Bull just gonna say, get lost, hit but the road. Th- yeah, I think I think he'd have to catch Max first. But, right. So to, he, to, to or, but, even but even trying, trying, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Even like, trying, are they even going to just let him go for trying too hard? Well, well, that's <laughs> it. so Max's fast lap in and Saudi in uh, and Jeddah yep. was one a one thirty one point nine oh six. Right. Perez's lap uh, that he made on, that was by the way set at lap fifty. Perez's right. fast lap, which he set on lap thirty eight, which wasn't him going for fastest lap. I think. Well, right. maybe it was just him just trying to. Push him, put some distance between him and Alonso yep. was a 132.188. Right. So less than, so point less oh than two, two tenths. Yeah. yeah less two, than two, two tenths. Yeah, and with off. more fuel. Yeah. And yeah. more fuel. So he. But newer tires. Newer, <laughs> the, was it at that time? <laughs> not, well, probably newer than Verstappen's on, on lap 50. I have <laughs> the tires right here. We, you you one let second. us know because Verstappen's on. Um, yeah. Well, that would make it even worse because Verstappen was still on hearts. So his hearts yeah. would have kicked in more to have more pace. Well, whereas Perez yeah, is at the maybe. time wouldn't wouldn't have as, as but much. But nevertheless, yeah, yeah. That's my Which point. Which lap so was Perez for the fastest lap? 38. 38. Yeah, it would be newer tires because he did his one stop at lap 18. Yeah, so 20 laps on those tires. And Verstappen also did his at lap 18 because that was the safety car. And and then got a lap 50. So, So, yeah. 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 Newer tires, more fuel. Yeah, newer tires, more fuel, less pace on the time. Less less than two tenths off, but less pace. Red Bull does let them, though. I I don't think they will. I don't think they will. Thinking, because think, they're thinking as like a business, but if they were to think of the audience that needs to watch this, like, sure. see, that's where I think Horner would let them. I think if Horner gets the call, hmm. Horner would let them race because he's all yeah. of, he, Horner's a sportsman. He's he's done. He's known to do that. He's, um, he, I, I think that he, despite kind of, I think he did his best to help Gasly when Gasly was having problems with Red Bull and the others were kind yeah, of forcing yeah, him to quick. But I, I think that he is a sports person and a showman. He wants to have that going. I just don't think that with the with Joseph Verstappen there mm. and Helmut Marko there, yeah. and you, when you have someone who's contracted to twenty to twenty twenty eight, which is up so essentially two eras of cars versus not even one that's completely done. I think I, Perez might contract as what maybe 24 25 i think that that ties your hand back from letting them race yeah it's and if it comes down to a race they're going to, it's very clear already who has who's going who's the team going to give number one to and i think they're going to give it to the te- to the driver who they're not lying about the pace of the car sure i Openly mean lying all over team radio well 
I think we'll find out in the coming days uh, if if there's any repercussions for Max doing that fastest lap on the last lap. Then we'll know a little bit more insight, I think, into the team's sort of mentality as to those drivers. And if I had to guess, there'll be no repercussions. So no. that sort of answers the question already. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, what I hope Perez does this year, and it's already starting to happen, as soon as Jos Verstappen opens his mouth, you T-bone Max Verstappen into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that simple. It's a disrespect thing. It's, uh, you know, he, Perez, at the end of the day, no matter how good of a drive Max did, 13 places, almost bro- uh, broke yet again, another record. Right. Um, just Max, you, you knew that was going to happen after, after your driver who's on the top of the game, the alpha lion of the paddock. You expect that to happen from him. But Perez had a fantastic race. He yeah, he had absolute, an answer. He had the answer. Absolute yeah. master class of, an, of a race. And the only time that uh, Max was really gaining on his pace, you know, he had like a five-second window, then it was about four or something like that. That was during the time where the team was telling Perez, don't race him. Right. Yeah. So basically, they were already telling him to slow him down while your number one is speeding up. It's kind of unfair racing so far. We will see because, yeah, because even though Perez did a great job, does a great job in street circuits, I would say Albert Park with how it works, you know, Verstappen probably has the lead on that, but definitely coming into Baku and Azerbaijan, um, Perez takes the cake there. Mm. And then I'd say Miami is a Verstappen, is 100% a Verstappen race there. Being so new, it's hard to tell, but. Yeah, at the end of the day, Max didn't get closer than, as you said, uh, four seconds, maybe five. So they both have fast cars, fastest car on the grid. Verstappen, arguably, better driver, um, mm-hmm. I think. But on that day, he couldn't get within four seconds of, of Perez. So I mean, that's the answer. On that day, he also overtook 14 positions. But, well, no, for sure. But and he, it was a short race. <laughs> but know. he himself, and I, I, I felt that. I thought, oh, he didn't make up as many places in the first you know, five laps as I expected him to. And he even said that in the post-race interviews. He said it was harder to overtake in the early stages for whatever reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The wind, the temperature, the cars, the fuel load, I don't know. But he himself, I think, was surprised that it wasn't easier. So I think he fully expected to win that race. I expected mm-hmm. him to win the race. A we, lot of people did. I think our, both of our both of our predictions yeah. were Verstappen yeah. won yeah. Yeah. Paris too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Just be, just because of how how in sync he is. You, you said it yourself before we recorded. He is so in sync with the car. He is just one with the machine. Absolutely. Well, especially with the the drivetrain comment, yeah. right? I think oh, I right. mentioned earlier yeah. is that like it having been in a car like. Being able to tell the difference between wheel vibration and drivetrain vibration, like, and him saying, no, I have a problem with the drivetrain, mm-hmm. was, for me, one of those comments where it's like, he is one with his car. Mm-hmm. Like, that is that is a sensitivity level that is just next level. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to watch. Um, Walter, you've always said it. It's amazing. It, Formula One is excellence. I love excellence. It's amazing to watch excellence on this field, even when there's no competition around. Because there's no comp, like because he's so excellent, you see why there's no competition mm. around right now. And, and the car too. I mean, for me, watching the onboards, and most of them were, I guess, of Verstappen, but for for um, Perez as well. Watching the onboards of that that Red Bull car going around the track, it was so smooth. Like it, they're doing 300, oh, yeah. 330 kilometers an hour, and it looked like he was just driving down the number one. I mean. Yeah, it's so smooth. There was no 
he didn't have to counter steer at all. There was no vibration, no bumps, no purposing, and the head wasn't going up and down. The wheel was just planted. He would turn in and never have to make an adjustment. Yeah. It was, I've never seen anything like it. My 20 years of watching Formula One, I don't think I can recall a car that has looked smoother on track than that one. Yeah. No, it's. Yeah. Even against the Senna car, you're going to go. Well, those cars never looked smooth. Yeah. They were always, they were always chopping at the wheel. You know, they didn't even have power steering back then. So they never looked smooth. The drivers could sort of make the car look smooth going around the track. But when you saw the onboards, those Mm -hmm. old, you know, in the 80s and early 90s, they never looked smooth. Now, is that something you want to see return, like a choppier car return for 26 for something where the the drivers are fighting a little bit more to keep it a little bit more radical or do you want it just continue being it's for me personally i just want whatever provides the best spectacle and uh, i think ultimately the smoother the cars are it's easier for the drivers to get more out of them Mm -hmm. Uh, but there have been drivers themselves who have called for like hey let's take away power steering hey let's go back to like manual hand shifters yeah, <laughs> Jensen Button said that, but it was about his car that had a terrible transmission. So yeah. I think that's why he said it. But you know, for Not me, to mention just active active suspension, right? Whatever to, to is a better spectacle. Yeah. So speaking of spectacles, I wanted to pose this to you, uh, Walter, because it's uh, you know, even though it's just race two, and uh, like the end of round two, we have such a dominance in the field. Has there ever been a point in your knowledge and and, and re- reminiscing of of spectacles of the races? where the FIA and the controlling body have kind of said, okay, we're going to go back on some of the rules we've done. Specifically, mm. I'm talking about the development freeze and the engineering factors of this, where they're kind of saying, okay, maybe maybe it's not in, maybe it's not in the middle of 23, maybe it's for 24, where they've kind of, where they go, okay, other, every, all other nine, nine, the nine of you, start developing again. Because this is exactly the thing that Liberty Media and the FIA and the Formula One, all their bodies, governing bodies together, came together and created these rules and enforced these budget rules to precisely not have such a dominant fight, mm-hmm. like battle, yeah. such a dominant number one of the championship in both championships. Do they bring that, do they kind of go back on the word and, and bring that back now? You know, it, move, to, move the timetable from 26 ahead a little bit. I mean, there's always some adjustments to the rules that are going on and there's always a push to do this and a push to go that. I mean, I can remember when there was threats of a breakaway series. Some of the teams wanted to break away from Formula One and start their own series. I mean, if you watch Formula One long enough, you'll see it all. But Mm -hmm. I I think that if you, and I think Marianne really hit the nail on the head with this one in one of our prior shows when she said, if you just kind of ignore Red Bull, the racing is fantastic. Yeah, you know, there is no midfield essentially anymore. It's just Red Bull, and then everybody else seems to be competing for almost any other place. Yeah, and so I th- and even Kevin Magnuson said that in one of the pre-race interviews. I said he that I saw. He said Kevin Magnuson said this is the best he's ever seen Formula One, and mm-hmm. it was for that very reason. So because of that, I I think we could consider the new regulations and rules and everything else. I think you could consider them a success. Even though we have Red Bull two seconds a lap faster or whatever they are, just ignore that. Look at the other 18 cars, and it's amazing. But there's always, like, and to add to that, there's always been that pattern, right, where a team does a development. Right. And that development is something that you're going to see every team in five years do. But right now, it's theirs. Look at Mercedes when they had the split turbo. Right. Mm-hmm. How how long did they dominate for? And we we had to say the same thing. In your Mercedes, you've got a great game. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Look at even even in the late 80s when when Renault brought in the pneumatic system. Right. It took a couple of years, granted, for them to get it. But once they had it running, it, it, they dominated. And once everyone saw they dominated, everyone adopted that system. This is how Formula yeah, One no, I totally agree. evolves. So you're telling me because it took Renault a few a number of years to bring to get the pneumatic system in place, Mercedes shouldn't change their racing philosophy and just get the zero side parts to work because they could dominate. <laughs> and no. Everything no, 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 no. Yeah, don't selective hearing here. See what happened is there's probably, and I don't know because I'd I'd have to like do some historical research here, but there's probably a team or two that looked at Renault and was like, eh, you know what? We're not going to go with your evolution. We're and, not going to take the pneumatic system. And guess what? They probably lost, and that's why we don't hear about it. Mm. And this is this is where it's, do you want to be, do you, do you want to be happy being wrong? Right? <laughs> or do you just want to suck it up and be right? Uh, like, like, sorry. Like, do you want to do you want to feel like you're who are right? Who you asking and that be question wrong? to? Mercedes well, or to Yeah, <laughs> no. Well, both, both. At this All point, right, it's it's kind of both. But it's it's one of those like you can stick to your guns and be the rebellious. And don't get me wrong, I love a rebel, right? Mm-hmm. You are a contrarian I, for this, right? I love said, being a contrarian. Said the person with the purple hair and the spike jacket. Exactly. Yes. So for me, for someone to be like, oh, everyone's got these side pods. We're gonna do no side pods. We'll show you. It's like. Yeah, I've got a little little part of my own personality that's like, yeah, you you show them, you know. But the thing is, they're not showing them. They're not showing them at all. And at a certain point, you gotta just realize that like this is this is Red Bull's contribution to the evolution of Formula One. Yeah, everyone else is adopting the side pods, and it's working for them. It's leveled out the midfield, and um, at this point, you can get on track, or uh, or you can stay in the midfield. Yeah, and it's like you said, like we always talk about it, that, that p- really best of the rest is usually only coined for number five because I think historically you could only get points if you were one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, and then best of the rest was fifth. Yeah, they've changed the point structure several times. You're right. Dr- dramatically changed it for to create the, the midfield battles. But this year, P3 is the best of the rest because it's so interchangeable, I feel, after P3. Um, even, well, arguably P3, P4, if... if, if Stroll doesn't crash out. I think I think it's a, it's a Red Bull one two Aston Martin three four. You're shaking your head at me, Mary. I don't I don't think so. I think I, I don't think get me wrong. I'm cheering for Stroll, but I don't think he'll get consistently fourth like Alonso's going to get consistently third. Oh, I, I agree. With I you. I, agree. I think that Stroll is in for a battle between Ferrari and Mercedes. Like a battle that, that he's is losing. A battle he's losing at the moment, you know, but um, we don't know what happened with his engine failure. We also, Bahrain, I mean, he was what? A mummy at that point with how many casts <laughs> he had on. Like, give give Very the slow. kid a chance, no, you know? This, this, so the stop, clock tell, the stop clock tells you your pace, every no matter what. It, it's, Nothing else matters. It, but, every, but everything else does matter, and that's, yeah. that's the thing. I don't think we can judge Stroll... Um, effectively right now mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of variables with stroll that you just don't have with other drivers at the moment yeah that that and injury we're is way too soon very unfortunate yeah because had he been perfectly healthy and had he been able to test it'd be a really different season for him and for the team yeah so 
uh, you know, Alonzo said it, and I think he was genuine. And at the time, I remember asking, I think I asked you, Taryn, do you think was he's it, genuine or do you cream? think he's trolling? Yeah, was trolling. it a mind game? Yeah. <laughs> but I think he was genuine because he realized how much potential's in that car and how well the team can do. Yeah. yeah. And they, they truly did miss Stroll uh, in preseason testing, and now because he's injured, you know, they're, they're missing out those points for sure. Although, having said that, the race this weekend had nothing to do with his injuries. It was the car that was the problem. And so. that's yeah. and that's the thing, right? We're we're two races in, and there's been something. Yeah, yeah. but so he and he could be at each race. And and because he wasn't there for development during and, and and testing, he could be taking the brunt of car development right now to tell what. Because remember, uh, Fernando even said he wasn't. He was the only one that has that had seen a car between the two different. Right, cars last year's and this yeah, year's. Yeah, last year's and yeah, exactly. Last year's and this year's, he'd be able to tell us the little things that I don't. I'm not able to tell. Maybe he's shouldering that brunt for the next big development package because we're getting to a point where teams are starting to upgrade a little bit. They're bringing some things in, or and some teams even need to look at look at Albin and his brakes. That's probably going to be a, a break thing that's going to come mm, up pretty soon. Maybe I, I want to look into that, but. I don't know. With Stroll, I don't know that we can say that he's taking the brunt of the development. I don't know that we can say anything because there's just been too many variables and not enough time, right? Mm -hmm. If anything, maybe the development of the car, maybe he got lucky and after testing, the car was well-developed. And right now, he does have, you know, a P4 car. Unfortunately, you know, we, we don't know. He was injured for the first race and there was an engine failure for the second. We're gonna have to wait Till there's a race where there's no extenuating circumstances with him to really be able to know where to place him. I'm yeah. thinking right now he's in that mix between Mercedes and Ferrari. You know, does so, he split? Does he split the teams up like each kind of I, team, or well, does I don't he split know. the I don't teams? Know. It could be, it could be, you know, musical chairs at this point for P4, where yeah. it's it's one one hit Ferrari, one hit Austin, one hit. Um, Mercedes and Austin being Stroll because yeah, Alonso's so got Scott P3. That's that's well, going to be a consistent. Yeah, yeah, I Alonso hope it is, continues. It's, yeah. it's it's amazing to watch. And yeah. speaking, you know, we, we talked about highlights. I, a low light for me of the race was that we didn't get to see an on-track battle between Verstappen and Leclerc because Verstappen was just coming up to him and then he pitted. Leclerc pitted. Yeah. So I, I wanted to see how defensive Leclerc would have been trying to you know fend him off I, I ultimately he couldn't have I know yeah. that but I, I wanted to say it. like what's the point no I, I <laughs> wanted to see it I would have loved to have seen that but we didn't get to see it because it was just happening and then Leclerc pitted another mm -hmm. low point is uh Leclerc's engineer oh communication yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that brings you know good Ferrari point. Ferrari <laughs> good points it's like are you I, kidding me I you just want to tell me sooner yeah, yeah literally <laughs> what he said yeah. yeah i love all the yeah. memes of of schumacher running in the in the pit stop to cause the fight and it's like this is leclerc going to yeah to uh yaki or yavi yeah <laughs> to, to, to think, tell, tell me what's going on no i liked your meme best where it's like leclerc's engineer and it's just this person playing solitaire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was so mean that was ferrari b ferrari for sure well you know this is this isn't because i guess the quite i guess the the segment we should almost create for every single post race episode is the what's going on in mm. you know like what's going on yeah. in in this team 
But and I think this has to be Ferrari because Ferrari showed some interesting pace in qualifying. Not quite there. Oh, the the tables were reversed for in the race for Ferrari and, and Mercedes, and then Ferrari, quite literally, for the first time in almost two years, pulled off a pit stop strategy. That's that true. That worked out perfectly. Yeah. And then Stroll got mad, and they turned the engine off and caused a safety car. Uh, whoa, whoa, no, whoa, no, I whoa! Obviously, that's not what happened. They, they had a great strategy that that blocked Stroll off from from the pit stand. That they duped him too. They took made him take an early pit stop right. to change the tires. So and then create the, and that created uh, Carlos. I and mean, it talks about the pace too. In a way, Carlos Sainz was able to put enough distance between him and Stroll within two three laps to. Take, to take a pit yeah, right. stop and, the, and cover him off. overcut. Yeah, to mm-hmm. overcut him and, and hold that position, uh, which would have worked out totally fine. And then a safety car happened that completely derailed all of Stro- all, all of Ferrari's terrible, like potentially good strategies they had. And not only out. did it do that, but that's what yielded their sort of more, there isn't sorry it. to say, these days, typical strategy and that is yeah. to get it wrong they, yeah. you know during the safety car period where they sort of got it wrong so well, it's, it's one of the things because it wasn't really necessarily a wrong strategy what it was this is, wasn't the right one yeah well what it was is <laughs> yeah. that you uh, for listeners who don't know uh during safety cars there are certain sections of the track where some where some drivers are allowed to slow down a little bit and some are allowed to speed up so you can give yourself more uh, or not more less distance and more pace to Prepare yourself for the relaunch, for the soft relaunch where the safety car goes in. And one of those moments is the pit lane entrance and the the main, the home straight, the main straight. And basically what happened is, is the strategy was playing solitaire on his computer. The engineer was playing solitaire on his computer (laughs) and didn't tell Leclerc until after Lewis was out of the pit lane or getting out of there that, oh, yeah, this is a time for you to push. This was a moment Lewis is in. You can push and create the distance. Uh no, Lewis was in. It was it was, was Lewis. It, Lewis? C- it was Lewis in because he was because Leclerc was behind Lewis, and that was the whole thing where like Lewis was like the last minute he's going into the pit, he's going into the pit lane because L- Russell went in and then Lewis went. It was like, it, are they going to bring Lewis in? Lewis is technically right at that weird window of hard tires where he could stay out oh, and warm right, them up right, right, and yeah. have a good thing. Maybe that was a really bad call was to not bring was to keep was to bring Lewis in. I don't know. The meetings are showing pace. But the point of it is... I think it's always a safe strategy, though, to pit when when there's a safety car, yeah, especially sure. at lap 18. Yeah, it's a free pit stop, and you need the tire change anyways. And so it was during that time where where Leclerc could have pushed forward and, and gone into and got caused right. the difference. That his, his engineering just didn't... They just didn't tell him. Well, so. And also, though, and that's true. That's 100% true. But then I also wonder, like, how much... Should the driver just sort of maybe also know that or consider that? Well, when you're coming around a corner and you and you can't see that they're going to do a pit or okay. they don't know, yeah. there's only so much analytics that the driver knows sure. in terms of listening to other team radio and, and being. So that's the whole reason why they have the team engineers and strategists yeah, to a, watch that. Right. But and that's also like you know this is a this is a time. Um, after two races, you're already starting to see the FIA being their control, like really contro- showing the control they have and, and dinging drivers on even the slightest fractions off of the rules. Right. We saw those two same penalties in back-to-back races. Yeah. The Which grid misalignment and the failure to serve the time penalty correctly. Yes. Which is c- quite hilarious because it might be the only actual 
fatherly, brotherly support Fernando Alonso has ever given Esteban Ocon mm. as careers as teammates is to share the same penalty. So, <laughs> That's so mean. It's so true, though. I love it. Am I it. wrong? I, no, I absolutely. I love <laughs> they it. They did it to themselves, guys. So, <laughs> Which yeah. was surprising, especially like when um, they showed on the replay from who was behind Alonso in P4. Um, at, the, at, the, at the end of the race? Or uh, at, that time? At, at some point, they, they showed the replay of the lining up from the oh, camera. Oh, yeah, right, right, of on the grid. Yeah, I can't who recall was, who it was either. Who was, was in P4. Sands, I think, Sainz, yeah. yeah. And it was like, yeah, he was really, oh, yeah. he was, he was like off. a yeah. good half a foot, foot to like half of the tire. And it's least. like, he's yeah. an experienced, yeah. he's, he's the experienced driver right, right now. Yeah. He right. Knows. And it's like, how did, how did he get this so wrong? Like Ocon was, was off by like, a like a right. sliver. So it, right? that's a super good question because he either did it. It was either an accident, which how could it be? Because he's the most seasoned driver on the grid or he did it on purpose but if he did it on purpose, how did he think he'd get away with it? After Ocon. Exactly. Yeah. So Which yeah. it I think must have been an accident? My theory. He just really wanted to line love up to my get theories. That, that clean. Yeah, we'd, we'd love your theories too. My theory, I have so many, and most of them make no sense. But my theory is Alonzo's on a high. He, he is just, on well, this year with with he, with Austin Martin and, and a car that deserves him. He is on a high. I mean, look at how how kind he is yeah. to stroll yeah right mm -hmm. like he is just he's, he's he's doing p3 twice in a row now you see him in the cool down room and he's just all smiles the other two are like you know doing their very diplomatic bickering he must be hitting and, the sauna with botas because oh, he's God, <laughs> even he's, even when they told him about the penalty yeah, yeah, he's all like all right copy like yeah. he's not mad he's not upset Nothing. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is on cloud I, nine right again, now. I've never seen Alonzo like this. Like he's, he's a completely different yeah. person. He, he, I don't know if he started <laughs> meditating or if it's just that he's had like unreliable cars for so long. Yeah. But whatever yeah, it is, he's, he's, he's got a new attitude this year. For sure, 100%. Well, yeah, and I think that that might have just, uh, oh, yeah, I'm in the right place, you know, and no one's telling him differently yeah. and everything, which, by the way, there's a whole team around him. Right. At that point, that could have been like, hey, bud, you might want to back up and realign. True enough. Like, no, I don't think they can back up. Yeah, yeah I don't think you can really reverse that, that level. That oh, okay. Way. It might have been one of those things where they're, where they're like, okay, you lined up wrong. He's like, they won't call it. Let's hope to God they don't call it. And if they call it, but you know yeah. what? It's fine. I'm well, in this car. I love this it. car. Maybe that's yeah. it. Maybe yeah. they did I'm some math and they thought, okay, last week or the previous race, you know, they gave a five second penalty. So they did some math and they're like, Okay, for us to get the lead, which is good for the sponsors and everything else, we're gonna gamble those five seconds because we feel we have a quick enough car to make them up, which yeah. they did. So, and I think that maybe yeah. it was strategic rule breaking. Yeah, maybe. And, and I think that the fact that the grid is so packed together, everyone's planning a safety for a safety car these mm -hmm. days. Yeah, and so knowing that, and there was some talk whether or not that's it, that's illegal to 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 spend the five seconds in a safety car stop. Mm, it totally right. is legal. Right, right. Um, there there was that talk there. So. Yeah, and again, when you have the confidence of, of the pace of the car, you know you you can just take who yeah. you can literally get to fourth place without trying with just by how fast you are and by skill. You're not worried about a five second penalty. I, I think guess. with a track like Jetta too, like you have to expect a safety car. 
Like it is yeah. a narrow oh, track. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's not bordered off by like large paved spaces. It's bordered off by walls. Although this safety car was a little dubious, and there mm. were lots of people saying like it's it's a weird. virtual would have worked there. Yeah, it, did, um, it didn't really need a safety car. So there's no. that. And when you were talking about well, the whole team around Alonzo, I just one point I want to leave everybody with because I thought this was super interesting. The team around Alonzo, of course, is Aston Martin. Aston Martin used to be Racing Point or Force India, where who drove for seven years? Sergio Perez. And after his win in Jeddah for Red Bull Racing, did you see the first team that he went and high-fived? Aston Martin. Aston Martin. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely amazing. They, yeah. He was happy f- to win, obviously, and they cel- he celebrated with the Aston Martin team, yeah. yeah, which I think speaks to a lot of Sergio Perez's, um, you know, loyalties. Not saying he's loyal to that team now, but just to those people. Well, his likability. Those mechanics when he was there for seven years and they were really trudging it out in the midfield. You know, he's happy for their success. They're happy for his success. So that yeah. was my humanistic highlight. Yeah. And, he did really, and, and yeah, it just shows like that even though the man looks kind of like a wax statue, he is such a likable person. No. He d- have you not seen him? He looks like a, like a wax statue. <laughs> what? I love, I love the guy, but he looks like he go like if I were to go to see it's a not wax. Even an expression. It totally is expression. Well, I'm going to make an expression. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Hashtag wax stash wax statue. It's it's stuff. Like I love the Sergio Perez because of that. Well, I think this is a good time to take a quick break. Uh, unfortunately, that means Walter, you have to t- you have to part ways with us. You're too busy of a guy. You're too lovable yeah. and likable that everyone wants to. Everyone, I, everyone needs wants to talk a piece. to you. I would literally love to do this for like you know six hours, like a marathon session. Which maybe we could we try can, a marathon mm, session one day just, too. We get do some one, calls, get some donors, but yeah. whatever. Do uh, a, I do have to run today after the first hour? Yeah. Marathon session. Do one where we do post race qualifying and just marathon it all the way straight to, into the race. <laughs> to the I love race. it. Yeah. <laughs> I love Twelve it. hours into the I race. I like it. So thanks for having me on. I look forward to the next one and I look forward to listening to you two in the second half i'll be listening uh in my office yes you can catch us the second half after the break at civl 101.7 fm in abbotsford and civl.ca live streaming worldwide so marionge yeah we almost had a potential chance of having some red bull problems that not a lot of people talk about which was T2 or T22 where the team where the both of them couldn't quite decide if they wanted to go over the humps and we I saw that in qualifying too where a number of people were having some problems with Jetta's co- turn 22 a really sharp one into a little tight little she came for DRS and that. Yeah, I think there's a difference though because in qualifying people were having a problem with it, but at least they were acknowledging it. At one point you had both Red Bull cars just being like, "Oh, there's a there's a turn here where just bump over. Just, just, just bump. Just, and just go straight. Yeah, just go right over top of the the rumble lines, and then we saw that uh, I think it was Lando Norris had took a really nasty. I think Lando Norris and George Russell during the race took a couple nasty bumps on that. Yeah. Corner that really, I feel that it's going to be interesting because it could damage the underfloor, and in these ground effect cars, the underfloor is everything. Yeah, yeah, it could. Um, for me, it was more of just a a, a sneaky move. You know, and I, I know that, um, I mean, they allow it, obviously. I imagine that they would crack down on it if you did it every lap. But it was just it was just the, the nonchalance of Red Bull as they did it that really tickled me. Yes, Where it's, it's like fun. they didn't even seem concerned with, uh, with the fact that there was a turn there. They just went straight. Yeah. Well, when your car is so fast and straight, you don't really need to. <laughs> you forget where you are in the race. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. 
<laughs> like it's like ah whatever it's what, what are they going to do give us a five second penalty that we <laughs> are already 16 seconds ahead <laughs> yeah or already like a, an entire pit stop away from the the next team and i think that's a really good segue into the into the main and and part of the reason why i brought up the question of do you build a develop do you read redo your development of recycle rules um is because yeah you have to accept that there is such a like dominance of that car but when you're precisely building rules like you know because obviously mercedes has such a dominance thing for 10 years and they built rules like the budget cap in and 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 the penalties in to precisely stop that from happening so if it's already starting to happen and when do you kind of just say we have to bring them in because if they can just take any at any point one of those teammates can just take a pit stop and still be in first place now there's a difference where's the where's the fun in the conference where's the spectacle in that there's a difference right with with one, you have an evolution of Formula One, which is organic, which we've seen multiple te- teams do, right? Whereas you have a development, and it takes a couple years for everyone else to catch up. Red Bull had that development, had a couple years for everyone to catch up, but then kept throwing money at it, right? Mercedes? Mercedes, sorry. But Red Bull was still doing the same thing. Cause, cause Red, Bull, I think, I th- Red Bull's I th- doing the same thing, but they're they're obviously not throwing money at it. They just have a well, better development this year. They have been throwing. Well, that's the question. Well, they've been throwing money at it, but they haven't been going and catering. On. And catering. And the food coming. And the stuff. <laughs> and, and have and you they... seen that meme where it's like Haas is saving on their, their budget by having like a three-stool stand on yeah. the pits? <laughs> <laughs> and like... still not getting any points. Well, getting one point, sorry. Right, but and it's like everyone else has got like fifteen chairs. They're like, "Oh, we need three guys." I've I've been seeing the <laughs> I've been seeing the size jokes where it's like, "Who says that three isn't big en- isn't big enough now?" <laughs> it's just still mediocre enough in comparison to the eight chairs, eight eight, eight nine chair, eight 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 nine ten chair uh, spots. Who knows? Uh, these are dirty jokes for these, you who don't yeah. get them. <laughs> everyone gets them. Every everyone loves a good little dirty lick. Dirty joke, sorry. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoops, sorry. But um, yeah. So I, I guess I guess I think so. To that to that point though of Mercedes kind of threw money at it. This was every team was able to throw money at it, and every team was doing that. Not when, every team had money. Not every team no, had, but the like big, but Mercedes the big, has a different level of money. Yeah, but the big three, four, five definitely did, and we're definitely throwing that at. But that's why it, there was the big three, four, five. There's no big three, four, five this year. Yeah. Right. And what I'm saying is, there's a big, but the problem is that there still is a big, not a problem. There, there's there's always going to be a big one. one. As soon as there's a development that is game changing, there will always be a big one for that term. Right. It's just not always going to be the same one. We don't know. Maybe Austin Martin comes out with a new development in 2026 and they become the big one. Or 20, but or the point of years. having the budget, the point of making it so that there's no big three or big four makes it that, yeah, okay, there's the big one when there's a development that's game changing. When there's no development that's game changing, it's a level playing field. And when there is development that's game changing, we have the big one, but at least we have the rest and we have a battle for third. Yeah, but when which is not what we used to have. But I feel that when your big one has already potentially compromised one, if not two, of the rule that is supposed to get rid of the big three, does that then not make you have to kind of say we need to kind of compromise on our like on our own rules on that? And if the and if and if Red Bull, I'm actually 
less well-versed than you on the regulations here. So specify which rules are the ones that are being iffy on. Specifically the upgrading budgets and like obviously the budget things, um, but that's specifically one. And the fact that like you're, one of the rules of development is that the number one team has less time to develop and have this and all these penalties. Clearly the penalties did not work or were not important enough. And everyone said, when the when the penalties were handed down, this is not a fair. This is not a good enough penalty. Seeing how far they're ahead, and they're only going to get more ahead. If oddly enough, it was Zach Brown who wrote the letter about that last year, and Zach Brown kind of called out exactly what was going to happen, which is ironic for how much we love to hate on the guy. But at some point, do you is is the question of development freezing and and making a and the question of we are here to cause a spectacle and not and have the entire race grid. Every battle for whatever s- situation is going to be a, a number one thing. And then yeah. they obviously kind of peter out. There's always going to be lower tier teams, mid tier teams who are always going to be battling for lower spots in the sp- on the points. And there's always going to be the big, the big three that are battling for the podiums. We all know that. But at some point is Red Bull's legacy building such a dominant car that the rules have to be changed to not have them be so dominant. And that's a pretty cool legacy if that's the case. Well, sure. I think if rules are going to change, it's not going to be in the way that you want to see it or that you've been mentioning it where it's like the other nine teams are allowed to develop. No, I, I think, think it's all most... All have to eventually be allowed to develop. They're going to change that rule. Well, Yeah. But what, what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to be by giving an advantage to the other nine teams. I think it's going to be by handicapping Red Bull, mm-hmm. right? So if there are going to be regulation changes, I wouldn't be surprised if the regulation change was even less development time, mm-hmm. even less time in the wind tunnel, you know, um, just to try to level out for next year. For this year, I don't think we're going to see any mid-season regulation changes that's going to be game-changing and bring Red Bull down from, you know, Number the one. pedestal, obviously, quite yeah, literally. It wouldn't be until 26 that we see anything like that. Um, but who knows? I was I pitched the idea uh, in last episode to Walter, which is boost the budget cap up a little bit. Give us, because like, they're lowering it down, I think, right. I don't know if our, this season, 2023, is 135. I think 24 is supposed to go to 135 mil, which to me is too low. Right now, it's like 141. Like the last season, 2022, the, it went to 142 million because of inflation prices. This season, I think, is supposed to be 140. Then this season, next season, 135. Do you raise it up a little bit to be 150 ish, but make it, give it a develop a budget window? You have 150 to 200. If you stay with below or within 150, gravy, poutine, poutine, cheese and gravy. You know, fries, cheese and gravy. You're solid. That's that. I really forced it, and just don't. Yeah, that yeah, was. Don't hate me for trying to force the Canadian in me. The Canadian. That's, that's just, not you know. even the good part of Canada. I, I don't know. <laughs> what is the good part? Of Canada? I mean, Timmy's. Timmy's. You Timmy's. Said to, Timmy's ice caps are very special. <laughs> They're, they're really not. It's not even good coffee, but I just love how everyone loves it, and it's the go-to. You know, you know what the rumor is I heard? is um, Again, keep in You're mind. so far to, off topic. To listeners out in the ether, this is just a rumor, but as Canadians, or Canadian, you're technically French still, but as a Canadian. I, excuse me, I've got both citizenships. Okay, so as Canadians, we take this very serious, seriously, but I heard a rumor that years ago when uh, Tim Hortons moved suppliers around, 
um, and change owners ownerships for a bit because it's Canadian and then it's American. And then went back to Canadian and then went back to American owned. During that time, I went back to American ownership. McDonald's swooped in and took the coffee bean supplier from Tim Hortons. And Mick, around the same time, Mick Cafe Wait. jumped in quality, jumped up in quality at the time that Tim Hortons went down. Okay, first so of all, is there's, this there's a, a couple. There's a couple things wrong with that. It's a conspiracy, right? Is that your 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 statement insinuates that um, Timmy's coffee was good quality before McCafe? That's that's and the that dual McCafe is good quality. No, this is the realism in me, and the contrarian <laughs> is that um, I'd argue that neither have ever been good, but they've always been drinkable, right? I mean, and that's I mean that's it's the thing it's the thing with fast food is that it's not bad but it's never good it's consistent right you know what to expect you go to a timmy's you say a double double you usually know what to expect most of the time you'll hear a little comment like oh it's not as good you know or oh it's it's better than usual but for the most part it's that safe zone right when you go to an independent coffee shop or whatnot or you go to a restaurant that's not a fast food place then you don't know what to expect and then you can be disappointed that's so that's that's my theory with those two, and and I I I refute the insinuation that they were ever good. Okay, they are drinkable, <laughs> and they are consistently drinkable, which is why we drink them. Also, we are so far off topic. I always forget what the topic was. <laughs> right, we are talking about development, development, <laughs> development, yeah, yeah. and not coffee bean development, coffee but, bean but actual car development. Yeah. But um, both make you both go really fast. So both, both, no, both, both no, that good. is oh, that is so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when Walter goes away. When Walter goes away for just a brief moment, the children just, come out like, oh, yeah, we're it's have. automatically. We're, we're so excited. It's, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like when your favorite uncle comes in. All direction lost. Yeah, all the time. The guy keeps us around, but. Um, where, where, what do you want to, where we, we were we were talking about development. I don't think we're going to see any in-season development change to the regulation or regulation change to developments. Oh, I think that, that if we're going to have any regulation changes, it's going to be more in a handicap direction than in a um, helping hand yeah, direction. That- Okay, now I remember what we were talking about. Oh, yeah? yeah now I remember yeah. what was going on. Was it coffee? No, it was, it. well, kind of, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, no, it was uh, budgeting. <laughs> budgeting. So, yes. what about taking a, like, a budget window? You have 150, let's, I think it should go to 150. I think 140 has been proving to be a good entry level things, but problems with development, with car development, with uh, window, with uh, windows when accidents happen, everything else that's happened in the last couple of seasons and cars taken away, it's showing that 140 is just a, maybe a little bit too low. So what about taking 150 million to 200 million? That's a heavy thing. We're showing, you know, that's cars, a large window. It's a large window. 50 million is a huge window, but I would say that there is degrees of penalties. So if you stay within uh, the 150, you're you're your fries, cheese, and gravy. That's that's stop. where we lost. That's where we lost. Just it was was the, it was the poutine reference. But anyways, it was the poutine uh, reference. You know, we you have a good solid. You're you're like a, you're at a solid place when you get to one. You can stay within the one fifty window. But let's say you hit one sixty, mm-hmm. you have to pay a penalty, and and and, and pay either pay a penalty or you suffer a penalty in development window. You hit one seventy. You hit one. You know, you go over and over and over. And then if you get over two hundred million, that's when you get the heavy, heavy budget. 
the budget problems the you, you take everything that you spent over the 150 and that's you're like you're minusing that off of the off and maybe not just Here's, pure budget but yeah. off of maybe no, upgrade upgrade develop upgrade budget for next season or you take grid penalties um adding that into it so i, that I see way, what you mean and that way that but i have a question can every team afford that is this a realistic budget for every team out there I think right I because think if we're to it though, I think if we're looking at the the poorest team, and I don't I don't want to say that, but yeah, the <coughs> poorest team, Sorry. the Sorry. the the team with the lowest amount of money they can throw at this, right? If you wanted to be fair about it, either you got to design a budget cap which encompasses their budget and doesn't go over, because I mean, if the most they can afford is. 140 million and then you've got a budget cap of 150 to 200 that is quite a difference first off second of all if 140 is too little for real developments to be made right then i would propose that uh you can up the budget but everyone's upped at the same amount right so bring everyone to 200 and for the teams who can't afford it make a subsidy I mean, what do you mean subsidy? Of, a of subsidy that? as in like the FIA who makes more than millions, right? Off of the entire sport has a subsidy. Are they paid it to kind of top them up. Yeah. Or? yeah they okay. paid the top of them up. Let's say that Haas has, you know, and we're picking on Haas right now, but let's say that they've got um, 145 million. Yeah. Right. And everyone else has spent 180 million on development. Right. Then there would be a subsidy where they could be given that extra money from a third party like the FIA to keep everyone at a level playing field. Mm-hmm. See what I'm getting? Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, like I if there that... was if there was a subsidy, then yeah, we could up it as much as you want, and then everyone can throw money at it. If there isn't, to keep it fair, I think that they need to look at what is the minimum or the maximum that the poorest team can handle. Mm-hmm. and keep it within that range because if they go over it then they're giving an advantage to every other team yeah right and that's and, what they were trying enough. to avoid with mercedes yeah. because the big four were the richest teams yeah you could just spend 510 million dollars and fix your car no matter what and that's comes that's, up, that's the thing now that they've got the budget cap teams. it's quite an even even battle yeah right but i think that is a that's a big question for the growth of this sport because i think f1 teams are becoming such a hot commodity being like look at like the the same problems that has had with getting money and suppliers mainly comes becomes down to i think different problems of has they just aren't no offense has and i love how much of how how spiteful gunter is and i like the drama that k megs and hulkenberg give but has is not a number one team no team is putting money into a team that's like consistently not performing so that's that could be part of the money struggles but they could probably not for the one of the first times in many years not having money struggles they 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 showed over like oh, they have they have over like a two hundred thousand dollar like money saving off of you know the pit lane alone american a, teams coming in all this there's all this new money starting to come into the sport so i think that like the teams could 150 for every team 150 million is a feasible number to beat it know. just depend not not be number to attain to it just depends on how good or crappy your team turn, turns out to be which in some cases 
that's going to happen with Haas or that's Maybe. going to happen with I'll, Williams or that's going to happen with... I'll admit that. I don't know what the financials of each team is. Um, oh, I don't know. Or even their mind. ballpark. Yeah. I'm just arguing for the sake of arguing that if one of them can't make it up to $150 million, which in my mind of, you know, ramen noodles is quite a lot, mm-hmm. um, I, I I feel like it's understandable for everyone to have that limit of the budget cap. Haas is not a number one team, never has been. No. Right? But. Could you imagine just one year? Exactly. And, and, and by making sure that even the poorest of the team has the same budget as the richest of the team, you're giving them that chance. Right? Instead of having the self-perpetuing, perpetuing, per, per, when something like in cycles itself. Perpetually. Yeah. Right. A uh, cycle of, you know, well, they're not doing that great. So no one's putting money in it. So they don't have money to develop. So they're not doing that great. So no one's putting money in it. So they don't have money to develop. So no one's putting money in it because they're not doing that great. And it just keeps going. Right. And it's like if we just make sure everyone's got the same budget as the poorest team, then that's never an issue. Yeah. I don't think that the developmental problems or that the not the problem, but that the the winning that we're seeing with Red Bull, I don't know that it's going to be a, you know, 10-year-long streak like some other teams. I think that give it a couple upgrades and maybe up to 2026, and we're going to see some changes. Yeah. Like, we're and especially once all teams start to adopt the same, or like when they perfect their racing philosophy, like we're only in year two of a crazy revolution which is one of the reasons yeah. why i don't i i'm on the side of i don't really want to see the zero side pods go away i would love to see maybe a 0.5 uh side pod i don't think it's going to happen i think we're going to get it no matter what what's your objection to side pods it's not it's not an objection i just like the you know and i've alluded to this, i like the idea of taking a gamble in originality yes we've had a year of it but because it's such a because it's such a different tech kind of tree that we're going to I like I like seeing different cars on the grid and seeing different philosophies work out. I like the idea of maybe a car has weaknesses and strengths. This is the old so Mario Kart. At what, guy at what point? At what point? And let's pretend this is not Mercedes we're talking about, not your precious Hamilton that we're talking about. How dare you! Right. <laughs> at what point are you going? Nah, this team should probably just get with the program. At what point? Because it seems clear to the entire world. Even, even to your precious Hamilton, Did that this is not the strategy to go. That the no side pods theory is a bad theory. That, you know, it's it's not working and they should stop trying to make it work. They yeah. should I mean, get look- on the game with everyone else. Look at, look at Austin Martin, right? The engine is a Mercedes engine. So they've got the power. Most of the internal is right? Mercedes. It's the rest of the car that's the problem. And the rest of the car has no side pods. How about that? I, this is why my mother loves you. <laughs> why do you have to bring your mother into because, this? Because she always talks about how you always, you always make me sound smarter or you always are able to put me down. Um, I don't know. Like I don't mean I, to put you down. Not, not, but not it's, put me down. It's, which one do you want to go with? Do you want to go with the team or do you want to go with your driver? Cause he, yeah. You I know? don't know. I think I think there's I, but I think there's a way you can do both. You can like get his insight on it. Like nope, is what it is. But you know, at the same point, look, I I'm at this. I'm on the side of at the end of the day, whatever is going to do best for the stop clock 
in the, in, in the in the race time is the best thing you make. So you go with that. And if the answer is you do it right away, you do it right away. There you go. I I'm just saying. I think it's a unique and fun design. I would at least like them to publish. It's all. not a fun design. It's, it's an ugly design. Don't you ever design? It is so ugly. I don't know because I, first of all, it is so ugly. Just focus on the bottom middle section. It is so ugly. Of the W14. It's 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 so bad. You changed, you changed the pace so much so quickly on that. No, I didn't. Okay. No, no. I always said that the bottom middle section is really oh, ugly in okay. shape. Yeah. It's got it's got a sexy look with the carbon fiber and and all of that and the highlights that they've with the green, but the yeah. shape of it, it it looks like an odd little skirt. Yeah, well, that's just the underfloor, and you have to you kind know, of do that. It's, but, but that's what I mean. So like, dainty. first of all, it looks bad. Second of all, it's not functional. And third of all, it really feels like everyone's on a raft crossing a lake, and Mercedes just swimming beside them, going, "Oh no, we can do we this. this. We can. We, we can got this. The, we can fight the current. Don't worry. You about know." It. <laughs> and it's like, at what point are you going to say, "Okay, no, maybe you should hop on the raft"? Yeah. You know, know, and yeah, it's a Red Bull raft. It's not a Mercedes raft. But guess what? When that raft was Mercedes split turbo, everyone else jumped on. Yeah. Look, so, I'm, look I'm not I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you at, at no point. No, you just think know. that they should keep to their guns to the, and to keep losing, swimming against the current just because they can strategy. swim. <laughs> and it's like it's it's yeah. such a bad strategy. And the know. mentality behind it isn't even a rational one. It's just that uh, I'm... Ma- but could you imagine if they like made flippers and they and they proved that swimming could work? Could you imagine could if you they're imagine just wearing they just a lead made, belt? Could you imagine could if they you just imagine? made a kayak instead could of a raft? <laughs> and instead of having to carry in all these losing teens on a budget, they make a kayak and go crazy. A I don't know why we're on water canoe. sports at the moment. Well, but goes by, you can okay. go fast. Well, but. yeah, or or you know they think they've got flippers, but really they're wearing a lead belt. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Like this is it's so up in the air. This no, it's not up in the air. It's pretty clear to the entire world, except for you and Toto Wolf. Like you're the only. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. I don't know. I I think. Sorry, that I, was a low blow. Yeah, it was a little bit of a it was a little bit of a low blow. I'm not gonna lie to you. That one down hurt me a little bit. It didn't really, but I, I love mean, it. Yes, I know. But like, uh, but outside of you two, the entire world can agree that this is a bad idea. But you, but the problem is, is that just sticking on side pods doesn't magically fix it. They have to. Okay, there's probably they, and they do have beast. They obviously must have beast spec cars. They are apparently already saying that. I mean, obviously, Ferrari's shown that just sticking side pods doesn't just fix the problem. You also yeah. need other reliable parts of the car. Yeah, but so, which shows that Mercedes has that already, though. Um, in terms of like you know their engine pace when they have the car that the the design that works who knows I don't know it's just a, it's an interesting thought I would almost love it if like the visual things for that we keep hearing for Imola and that apparently are working really really well on their B spec which was mm-hmm. the new news of of uh, from pit at pit stop uh, pit stop strategy on Twitter was like oh apparently the new stuff they're working well they're perfecting these ideas so I was, well how come you didn't put that in your number your A spec car to begin with. But could you imagine if Emila comes in and the only direct, the visual changes they did were visual changes to fix their philosophy under Lewis's kind of thoughts and guidelines, and it just turns out to be, to be good. I'm and then going. I think I think it would, and if, if even if even if it's not race winning, good, but yeah. podium challenging, good. Yeah. I think that shows that you're only in two a year, one point whatever in a development 
phase in an into a revolutionary development and engineering strategy phase do you have two to three more years well fair enough but you you have you have another two to three years of this here's the disappointment give up on it though well and that's that's the thing here's the disappointment you're setting yourself up for because i've got i've got a personal story here you ready of course when i was a child i wanted a mouse i really did they were cute. They have a long tail. They look funny. You know, I wanted a mouse. And I told my, my dad that I wanted a mouse for Christmas. And for months, he led me to believe that I was going to get a mouse for Christmas. And I wake up and it's Christmas. And I go to my stocking and he tells me there's a mouse in it. And I put my hand carefully inside and pull out a computer mouse. This is the disappointment you're setting yourself up for. <laughs> this, is, this is very crappy of your dad. I'll give you. I'll give your father some this is, on that. This is this is the disappointment you're going for if mm-hmm. you think that this is mm-hmm. a revolutionary, you know, no side pod technology, and that, you know, give no. it give it a couple of years, and you're gonna see a unicorn. I don't it's, know. It's it's a horse with a taped up horn on it. Yeah, it's well, it's not enough. it's not gonna look, be what you want it to be. Look, I I don't know. I like to see. I like the idea of seeing like someone someone like do some true grit and just like i love the underdog story too but mercedes has never been the underdog first of all they're not the underdog this time around they're just a goat ramming their head against the cement because they don't want to go the same way as everyone else because they're not the one who came up with i I think that's fair Uh, that's that's fair i'm not going to argue against that who knows but um (laughs) Don't forget, this is my team, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, we're, that, that's why I, I brought this up, because we're both on the same side of it. And we're both on the side that we loving, we're loving the way Aston Martin's been, been handling things and going. But I, when do you kind of... I love Aston Martin. I love Alonzo's charisma this year. But yes, no, fair enough. No, no, this year, this year, if you, if you forget everything you knew about him, if you forget the Netflix show, if you forget the Dark Knight you know, all of these things. And you just watch Alonzo this year. He is oh. so happy getting third. He is so happy in his car. He is not talking back when he's got a penalty. He's just like, yep, copy. You know, he is on cloud nine. This is the dream job it he's is, been waiting for. Yeah. And as someone who wants to live vicariously through the racing sport, he's the driver I'm looking to for that. Fair enough. Mercedes is still, you know... And that's the the home team. That's the team you grow up and everyone tells you you must love because you come from a family who's a Mercedes fan, right? And so Mercedes, for me, always will have that spot in my heart where it's like, no, if someone asks me who, what's my team, I automatically say Mercedes. Mm -hmm. That's why it's heartbreaking when it's like, will you stop being stubborn and just get with the program? But see, that to me is the... Um, where I'm maybe the stubbornness in me is coming off like I I want Mercedes to do a Mercedes thing and just prove their philosophy can work or does work and that's where I was like man that would be maybe maybe that it would just be amazing to see no you know what see, would be to amazing see that to kind see. of true and or maybe ama- you're going to say amazing to see them adopt a philosophy that's working and perfect it better than anyone else and they become a race winning team by no. jumping onto that the raft. No. No, okay. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say, I'm, well, I'm first of all, two. yeah, they need to jump on the raft. That's that's just needs to happen. What's going to happen once they stop with their stubbornness of trying to make a system work that doesn't work and they jump on that raft 
is then they'll have headspace to develop something else that no one else is thinking of. Fair. Okay, that, okay that's a good right? point. In and that's what Mercedes is good at. Mercedes is good at thinking about things that people aren't on the thought of. Everyone is thinking of the side pod right now. And they are so stubbornly focused on no side pods that if they would just adopt the side pods and then spend all of that big brain energy focusing on something else that no one else is looking at, that's where their next development could be. Yeah. Could you right? imagine could you imagine if they adopt the side pod until the end of twenty five and then twenty six comes in, they bring back the no side pods and they're just the best team. With like a new engine, they can design their entire engine based off of this philosophy. They figured out every Could single thing. Could you imagine? Using all the wind tunnel that they have, yeah, all, the da- yeah. all the data that's been going on in the back. And they're like, okay, we can figure, we can figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then just out of out of nowhere, they just, 2026, yeah. just blow everyone out of the water Could you, with everything. Could you imagine this, contra- controversially or contrarily, whatever English word you want to use there. Could you imagine... That it's 2025, they're about to start getting getting started for 2026. They're still sticking their guns to the no side pod. And it comes out that the engineer who was in charge of the wind tunnel computer at that moment when they were first developing the no side pods had accidentally like spilt his coffee on his keyboard and all the numbers were just like non-valid and And they've been running with those numbers (laughs) of like, logically, this should work. And it's like evidence showing that no yeah but go on but that's that's the thing though is because like like what if this is a cover-up for someone who just who just missed something job. maybe a plus instead of a negative or something you know and it's like they they sold it and they they went out loud with it and they're like we're gonna do no side pods and then someone's like by the way i was wrong on this and they're like we're yeah, maybe not the, gonna say about I that i used the wrong program to yeah to calculate yeah my elbow was leaning on the Sorry, space bar i, u- I used my ti-84 <laughs> not my ti-83 Cal- calculator <laughs> just didn't work the, the, one, one's not the wind tunnel wasn't blowing at full speed <laughs> yeah, we were only getting like half deep we were only getting like parts of my and eyes were crossed <laughs> so, oh my god that's so mean yeah i don't know i, I got know. distracted uh, the, the engineer was playing solitaire yeah you know <laughs> exactly. it's, it's happened like, to better teams <laughs> my, minesweeper instead yeah. technically not better teams technically not, not better technically teams. not better teams but yeah. yeah but you know it's it's and that's that's the point where it's like i think at this point it's not working yeah, you, you just got to go with what you have to go with what is actually working and going. Yeah. But do you go? You know, Walter posed, uh, posed this to me in uh, for the judge of qualifying. Do you go complete Red Bull, or do you like like every like ninety percent of the teams, or do you kind of do uh, an Aston approach? Because I think it's unfair to give Aston Martin the Green Bull status. Yes, they took inspiration. Yes, they did all this. But that's every team Doesn't matter. That's do that. that's yeah. Every team is going to do that. Why isn't Red Bull getting pouty about every single team that has exactly the same Venturi? Because they're not floors? getting consistent P three. Exactly. Exactly. That's Red Bull's just pouty that that someone's using is not they first don't have off a unique thing. But so, do you go kind of an Aston approach where you combine what is working with both your your own philosophy, but also the Red Bull philosophy? So maybe we don't see necessarily say. I think everyone's all the 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 CGI fake renders are just. Grab this. Grab the Red Bull side bods, shove them on the on the Mercedes, and it'll fix the problem. That's not going to work. We know mechanically and engineering wise, that's not going to work. No, it's you not have to going do to work. So much extra things for it. Yeah, and the engines here's, behave so differently. Here's no. Here's here's the thing, right? Is that yeah, just slapping on the side pods not going to do much. 
but adopting the body philosophy of Red Bull, which is not just the side pods, right? Mm-hmm. And is a lot more to it. Um, that is going to give them a more stable car. And they've mm-hmm. already shown they have the good engine. So, no, I think to answer your question, if it was any other team, as we've seen with any other team, you adopt the Red Bull style and you try to put your own twist to it. If you're Mercedes, however, I think you adopt the Red Bull t- style, maybe try to put your own twist to it. But then you go find something, anything, a tie rod. I don't know. Just right? stick it in. Just, just something, some other aspect of the car. And you develop that. Right? Yeah. And then you bring that in and everyone's like, okay, we were all about these side pods. What is with this air intake? But see, one of the things, you that, know, an aspect of the car that I don't think gets, everyone talks about the side pods, side pods, side pods, side pods, side pods, side pods, Venturi tunnels, well, side pods. But Red Bull's rear wing and like, and is doing something that other teams haven't done with creating downforce. And what's, I would love to, you know, I think this is, a, we're getting near the end of the show. So I think this is almost kind of an assignment. It's time for us to assign ourselves some some assignments, assignments right? All right. I got um, a couple for you. Okay. But I think one of the ones I'd like to find out uh, that maybe you and I both can work on it together is what exactly Red Bull's doing with their rear wing. Because last season when everyone was cutting rear wings and changing them out between races and everything, Red Bull basically did nothing like that. Yeah. They just developed and currently developed and upgraded their rear, rear wing. So I want to see how the Red Bull rear wing is able to create so much downforce. And even when they cr- open up DRS, it is so stable and it, is, it gives it such a boost, which is why we saw them able to just move over and go when they as soon as they have DRS is become such a powerful tool for them and it's a straight line speed, which is already incredibly good. But how is Red Bull getting their downforce? Because if if it was just a side pod thing, every team would be getting to near RB eighteen levels of It's not of it. just a side pod thing. Exactly. But the side pod's the biggest variable is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, right? yeah, that, uh, and that's yeah. that's what the other teams are looking at too. Obviously, there's still differences in every other component of the car, but the aerodynamics of their car just seems to be the better aerodynamics when looking at that specific variable. Yeah, right. Oh, They're uh, doing a lot of other things, right? Yeah, but I will look into um, into the the wing. Yeah. Also, there's nothing I saw going into preseason testing and into Bahrain. Doesn't talk a lot about, a lot about in Jeddah is that some teams use a, a double structure infrastructure for their rear wing. It's hold, held on two pillars. Yeah. And some teams use only one. And some teams complain about the one flops a bit more. And some complain that the double structure, the double pillar doesn't flop enough to give them good, good enough downforce into corners. I love to, I love to figure out the actual differences between those two. And if we, if you and I were to design or if the F world would design a race car, what would we do? Which one, which follow up would we do? No, that's, that's, that's a rabbit hole. You don't want me in. That's um, exactly the that's no, exactly the rabbit hole I want you to go down. It's a rabbit hole I'll never come out of. Um, Could you imagine just one episode that only you talking for two hours? Just so people designing don't have a me. car. Yeah, uh, people would love it. I right I then? I highly doubt that that's going to be a lot of dry material. But here's the thing: I will look into the wings. I will look into um, the two differences just to be sure. Mm-hmm. My first guesstimation is that it all depends on you know how effective of a DRS do you want versus how effective of a drag you want, right? Because there's, there's, it's a moving part. Mm-hmm. And with moving parts, you got to sometimes 
have a strategy on at which point in the moving part do you want it to be at the better performance. So I'm guessing that that's why some choose to have one and some choose to have two is because that's the difference of performance at the different points of the movement, whether the DRS is open or not. Um, but this is a guess, a completely uneducated and, um, and an unfounded guess. And I will get more information and we can learn more about it next time for sure. I also want to look into Landstroll's engine failure. Mm-hmm, definitely. And Albin's uh, brake difficulties, as well as possibly the drive shaft if we have time. Just because at any point when there's a DNF, I do like to kind of look into it and try to understand what it is that didn't that didn't work properly and how should it work properly. Exactly. And it's perfect um, because next next episode is not going to be a race weekend episode. So we could really deep dive into these and see like what's actually happening. And you can even compare it to other teams, right? Yes, and questions I have for you because mm-hmm. you're just a lot more well-rounded when it comes to the politicking and reg- regulations that surround the FIA. Shoot them. Are, you know, looking into how and why are they so on point with um, certain penalties? What are the most common penalties you think we can see this season? And um, what changes do you think should happen if any, mid season, don't, don't, don't go into okay. your whole, I want a real mouse for Christmas side of things. Okay. Okay. St- stick with the computer mouse. Realistically, what are your projected thoughts for regulation changes? If any, for mid season. Okay. What was the second one you asked me to do? I forgot. Okay. Well. <laughs> oh, po- most popular ones. Yeah. Um, and change. Yeah. Well, most, could- most popular, uh, penalties to come. Yeah. Well, I could say I, I'm going to research it more, but I think the number one the number one penalty they're going to change is how and what counts as not working on the car, mm. especially with the, with adding the jacks. They do place. have to figure that one out for sure. Yeah, I also want to on top of that, I might I might try no promises, listeners, but I I no definitely promises. do want to try and see which rules there are that the three you Walter and I and any other guest that comes on would misinterpret because mm. of how how cha- how different those those wording is that is precisely designed I've Martin Brundle was saying on Sky Sports there's so many that are precisely designed to be misinterpreted or to be questioned that'd be an interesting segment you just come to us with one regulation rule per per non-race episode right yep. of what does this mean and then you read out the regulation and see if we both interpret it the same way that would be really fun. That'd be that'd be that'd be a game show I'm willing to to join in on. Which one is one? <laughs> which what does this mean? <laughs> like, do, would would you get a penalty? Yeah. You know, would you would, would you, you get a penalty? That? Yeah. That would be How do you interpret this? I love it. <laughs> is the answer always going to be catering? Catering? Like, oh, I don't know. It's going to be that or three stools. Three stools. Yeah. Three, three stools. Three stools. Oh, that's a three stool question. Yeah. <laughs> three stools question. Yeah. Well, people, and then here's a good segment because then people, if you are listener, listeners out there in the ether, you can write in. You can follow us on the F World uh, Twitter, the F World underscore pod, and the Instagram, the F World dot pod. You can also email us in at the F World dot pod at gmail dot com. And there's also our own version of the cool down room, our Discord channel, yes. which is just the F World podcast on Discord. You can search it, search it in there, send the invites out. It's also on our link trees on all of our. Uh, social medias and everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, this is the kind of the final end of it for us here now. We obviously you found we just told you how you can find us, and please do. We love to hear more. We love to get your thoughts on the rookie pool and who's actually going to come in. Is De- is Devries a potential dark horse in our rookie pool? Is it Devries or Devries? We listeners can tell us what they think, how, <laughs> how they think it's pronounced. I mean, where's the accent? Where's, where's the accent? <laughs> Add the accent in. That could be another game. Where's the accent in the name? Who knows? Um, that's all the time we have for today, for today and, and into the next week. So keep your lovely voices. But next week we get to have some fun deep dives and the and the assign the homework that we've given ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the end of it for us here and from all of us here at the F World. We are yours in racing. Have a very good weekend and don't be too don't be too down that it's no racing. We'll be back soon. <laughs>